Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, don't think you're ever going to automate everything. It becomes important that we still understand where we have to have the human involved because of the ability to, you know, complex reasoning and and areas where we may relate multiple types of things. Uh, We also have to pay attention to privacy. And the automation snowball in the Air Force. I fully expect to see the same application of uh, innovation and ideas that we're currently experiencing in in the business areas, uh, logistics, financial management, personnel management, uh, migrate into operations. It's Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast. Every afternoon, you'll learn what's going on today in government. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Francis Rose. A programming note, the Daily Scoop podcast team is at the Okta Gov Identity Summit 2022 today. We will have highlights of that event next week on the Daily Scoop podcast. Today's truncated edition of the show features two highlights from the UiPath Together Summit. Two speakers from that event join FedScoop in our backstage interview studio to give us some exclusive insight into how the federal government is using automation and how it should use automation. First is the former federal chief information officer, Suzette Kent. She tells my FedScoop colleague, Wyatt Cash, one place automation's made a huge impact in government is in reducing backlogs. We saw agencies like the IRS, like um, DHS, GSA, others, who were able to take uh, backlogs of work and move through that very quickly. So internal processes move more quickly, which resulted in serving citizens um, even faster. Where now, as agencies have gotten comfortable with the capabilities and how they work and they built an infrastructure, we're starting to see things that are in customer-facing functions, whether it's um, forms, whether it is providing information, linking disparate processes, and other types of things that are more kind of forefront of mission activities. And then what do you see driving the growth of automation in government and how do you see that changing in the year ahead and why? Well, I see automation driving growth because we have a lot of legacy systems and a lot of manual processes. And expectations, both from the workforce and from those that we serve, is, is, is that we can do things instantaneously, that processes move quickly because that's their experience in so many other industries and other facets of their life. So it's a ripe field for opportunities to automate, but also the technology is very secure. The technology is secure. It you know creates its own path. We eliminate errors. It is not a difficult acquisition you know, kind of process to get started. Um, agencies are getting more capable in scaling. So I think that's where it's going is when you see teams, the entire team, technology and mission team, seeing the impact and embracing it, then they start with what's next and what's next. And I think we're gonna continue to see those things scale. Um, and it is a way for us to drive modernization and transformation of experiences and, and how government delivers service much more quickly. And then lastly, um, how do you see automation continuing to evolve from back office work to more mission critical activities in government? And what would you say would likely help accelerate that change? This 
This is a really important question because automation lets us use, embrace the power of data more and it structures processes. But being able to do those two things and as we do those more you know, in the front office, it becomes important that we still understand where we have to have the human involved because of the ability to, you know, complex reasoning and, and areas where we may relate multiple types of things. Uh, we also have to pay attention to privacy and how information is used, but we also have to make sure we have a wide base of data so that we are not making decisions that might be biased or, you know, lean one way or the other, you know, because we don't have a, you know, full set of data. So as we think about scaling those, we have to think through some of those same disciplines with privacy, data, mission, um, and where are the places where, you know, automation can help accelerate and where are the places that we need to design to ensure that we have the human involvement to achieve the kinds of outcomes that we want. Former federal CIO Suzette Kent with my FedScoop colleague Wyatt Cash. You can find a link to the video of that conversation in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. I'm Francis Rose, the host of the Daily Scoop podcast. Coming on Friday's show, the FedScoop News Countdown. Two experts in federal government IT will count down their choices for the three most important federal news stories of the week. That episode of the Daily Scoop podcast debuts tomorrow afternoon at fedscoop.com and wherever you get your shows. The Air Force is all in on automation in a number of different operational areas. Winston Beauchamp is Deputy Chief Information Officer at the Air Force. At the UiPath Together Summit, he gives my FedScoop colleague Billy Mitchell an example of how automation's making an impact in the Air Force. The requirement that the Air Force has for uh, weather data globally, so in order to conduct operations, particularly air, air, air operations, we need to have a good understanding of uh, rainfall and lightning data around the world. And typically the way that information is gathered is through uh, weather radars on the ground. Well, a lot of the uh, globe is covered by water and so not really possible to do that everywhere. But we do have uh, overhead weather satellites that collect uh, cloud cover information. And we were able to use uh, RPA uh, algorithm development in order to automate the production of synthetic, if you will, weather radar information using that overhead uh, satellite information uh, so that we could get a, a clean picture uh, of the appropriate type of information around the world. And that work uh, started out a year ago and in a, in a short period of time, we were able to get an operational system in place by the first quarter of this year that now uh, provides a, a global uh, weather picture to help keep our, our airmen safe. Another example um, has to do with uh, an automated target recognition mission um, using uh, imagery data to find uh, targets uh, in, in clutter and uh, typically a, a very manually intensive process that requires uh, hundreds of hours of time scanning through imagery or whether it's uh, still imagery or full motion video uh, to, find, uh, to find targets in the, in, in the world. Uh, using AI, we've been able to reduce the amount of time that an analyst needs to take uh, by uh, identifying potential targets ahead of time uh, that are then vetted in front of the uh, trained analyst 
uh, so they, that she can only focus, only needs to focus on uh, those areas that are, that are brought to her attention. And, and both of these examples have, uh, have both improved our uh, mission performance and saved thousands of hours of time. Winston, how far, far along are agencies like the Department of the Air Force in training employees to use automation to, to do their jobs more efficiently or to do more valuable work? So we certainly have a long way to go, but we've made really great progress, especially in the past year. We've employed a mechanism called the RPA Accelerator as a way to bring experts together, uh, to brainstorm ideas where automation could help in the performance of job duties, and in some cases, mock up uh, examples right away on the spot. Uh, and so we recently did one of these accelerator functions where inside our, our logistics area, uh, where the team was able to brainstorm 24 ideas uh, of ways to include automation to streamline our work processes. Uh, they wound up mocking up 12 of them and within a week, five of those were in operations already. Uh, and so there's a lot of potential uh, for using these sorts of uh, capabilities uh, to take work uh, out of the process, to remove uh, touch labor where it doesn't need to be. As we close out, how do you see automation evolving from back office work to more mission-centric activities? Sure. So we have a 40-year history in this country of automation being introduced into the work uh, first through the business mission area and then evolving over time into, into operations. And I think this will be no exception. Uh, so I fully expect to see the same application of uh, innovation and ideas that we're currently experiencing in, in the business areas, uh, logistics, financial management, personnel management, uh, migrate into operations. We have uh, seeds planted in a number of different systems today on the upside uh, that will uh, bear fruit in, in our uh, continuing automation journey. Uh, as we continue to do so, we expect that you know, we'll develop policy right alongside that will uh, help to provide guardrails for safety, but also uh, not stifle innovation as it progresses. The Air Force's Deputy CIO, Winston Beauchamp, with my FedScoop colleague, Billy Mitchell. You can find a link to the video of that conversation in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop Podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you don't want to miss a show, you can subscribe and get the show every weekday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your shows, and on any device you get your shows. And if you really like the Daily Scoop podcast, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It'll help more people find the show. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help me put the show together every day, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. The Daily Scoop podcast is back tomorrow with Fed Scoop News Countdown. Until then, I'm Francis Rose. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.